Hey, everybody. Fun episode of the morning show today. It is D-Gods, D-Gods, D-Gods. Very focused on D-Gods and the season three art upgrade and subsequent announcements. So we dive in to all things D-Gods in the show. It's a juicy show for sure. So make sure uh, that you listen to it all the way through if you're looking to get up to speed on our takes on the D-Gods drop. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the show. Good morning. Uh, so Ladies and gentlemen, I this is P.O. I'm running through the NFT Morning Show account today because Clemente, the producer of this show, is now officially a New York City resident. He took a red eye last night from his native Seattle to move here. One-way ticket. You know, they make songs about that stuff. Uh, he was saying that he was a little bit nervous about the move. I told him literally to shut up and to get on the plane and come to New York. He also texted me at 730 this morning and was like, uh, is it OK if I uh, sleep in and I don't uh, you know, do the show because I took the red eye? I was like, yes, dude, go to sleep. But understand that you're going to like I'm going to make you come over to my apartment and we're going to work out and go in the sauna and I'm going to get the sauna up to like 200 plus degrees and just make you sit in there with your shirt off and sweat. So I think he doesn't understand what Are you going to also like touch him inappropriately? <laughs> yeah, should we call like, HR? That comment like, was a little know, uh, this, this, ooh, is like, right, man. this is like really questionable. Really I, detailed about the actions you're going to take. I, I and told- why? <laughs> Well, why didn't you just immediately speed run to we're going to the sauna together? I, I told someone, I told someone, I was like, yeah, I'm going to, we're going to be getting workouts in. We're going to put the boxing gloves on, get workouts in and then hit the sauna afterwards. And she was literally like, he doesn't want to do that. Like you're his boss. He doesn't want it. That, like, that's just not something he wants to do. I was like, nah, he wants to do it. He totally wants to do it. Um, I am going to make him go in the sauna though, for sure. And, uh, and definitely get workouts in. So that'll be a lot of fun. So that's, that's a little, uh, uh, peek behind the curtain of working here. Anyway, uh, how's everybody doing oh, today? Behind the curtains, what you're what you're looking for? It sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> Morning. I'm so glad I don't live in New York either. <laughs> no, I, I'm, just, I'm excited. I'm excited for Buff Clemente arc. Oh, absolutely. That's- He's got D1 athlete talent. We're gonna get him yoked. Um, Spencer also has D1 athlete talent. Uh, but sp- fun fact, people don't know, Spencer is actually pretty yoked. D- definitely has a good frame. Signal, if you moved to New York, we would not have the same regimen. I'd be making you go with me to museums and shit. That would be yeah, the man. angle. When it comes to the gym, I ain't going in the sauna with you. Like, we hey, Signal, I'm going to force you to come into the sauna. Signal like, said, what? Signal said, Signal I'm coming to no. the gym, just not your gym. <laughs> 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 Easy, you, right now. Just be happy where you live, man. Because otherwise, he'd make I'm, I'm you ecstatic. Go this. I'm like, I got a sauna in my building. I'll go to my sauna. I'll pass on that sauna. <laughs> Good. Well, the the hotel we booked in Amsterdam, I went out of my way to make sure it has a Finnish sauna. And so I already thought about this. I was like, Easy's not going to want to go in the sauna. He's going in the sauna in Amsterdam. We're getting we're getting hot. Oh, Pio, you haven't heard, dude. I'm day two. Today's day two is 75 hard. We're getting right. We're doing it. We're doing the damn thing. 75 hard. We're throwing it all in. We're going to do it. It's the goal. You know what 75 hard should be called? It's going to be called, it should be called, uh, I won't consistently work out. I won't consistently have a healthy lifestyle. I'm going to do it for, I'm going to do it for 75 days, meaning eight days, and then not do it anymore. That's what that one should be called. Once I hit day 10, I'm done. (laughs) 
But as soon as we get there, I'm good to go. <laughs> Danny here said, like, me with the sauna is Nick with the air quality. What I will say is I was watching Brian Johnson content. Brian Johnson is the funniest guy out there. The guy does uh, split stretches while he's eating. So, like, you want to talk about being efficient. The guy's stretching with the, the, the fork in the bowl. It's pretty funny. But he goes hard on air quality. And I was like, oh, man, I might have to start going hard on air quality. I thought he was such a punchline until I watched the two-hour interview uh, with him on a Diary of, of a CEO. And, oh man, he's just so smart. But I'm going to get the watch that he has, the Whoop watch, I think it's called. Yeah, Whoop. And yep. he, yes. he is best in the world. I, I think according, according to the yes. data, he says he's best in the world at sleeping. Nick, you Well, nine, 99th percentile legit by the numbers. Yeah, yeah by the night, numbers. I actually didn't, didn't get that 99 uh, or the the one hundred score, but it, the, the you whoop, have a fake score though. You don't have the whoop. You have a fake score. Well, actually, I have one seated in a uh, seated in or seated. It's, it's, uh, dude, it's, it's it's in a box. In a box, okay, and that's, that's also not surprising. But but I'm about to return it because two hundred fifty dollars. Like the, the biggest issue I have is like I have a, a, a seven hundred dollar. I don't know how much the Apple Watch Ultra is, but I think it's like seven ninety nine or something. So I have an eight hundred dollar watch. It's pretty good. It does actually accurately like give me an assessment of my sleep patterns, and I'm just like, this is sufficient. Like I don't need the the uh, two hundred fifty dollar uh, version of this that I'm then going to swap between while I sleep. It's it's just not worth it. So in my mind, I'm like the Apple Watch is pretty good. Here's a suggestion. Just start with one of the apps that are in the app store for sleeping. It's like $5 and it's a great start in terms of quality. Yeah. And you'll start getting actual data. The most important score on there is your deep sleep quality. And if you're not getting the deep sleep, then you're not getting quality sleep. That's the most that, important thing. But that I, means I have to sleep with my phone under my pillow. Absolutely no. not. Out of the question. No. Would never do I it. Have, I have, I have. Okay, well, that's not what you need to do, P.O. Phone's so in a different room. Okay, so I have my phone in my living room. Thank you, P.O. There's a point of the Apple Watch. The watch is just on on your uh, wrist. Okay, I don't give a shit, uh, P.O. No, need, thank you. Disdain it. Oh, but the Whoop is fine? Yes. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I'll what, whoop dude, it up. The, the real Whoop is a strap yep. around your chest. Yep. Okay, and uh, and Pio's like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's that's exactly what you need. It also, he also has a needle injected into his arm, Pio, while he sleeps for additional <laughs> monitoring and ID uh, can, uh, in, insertion in there. Are you aware of that? That's the uh, he he's the penultimate version. He also has a person punching him in the face in the middle of the night. Are you aware of that? So he he's the penultimate version. I'm not modeling myself after Brian Johnson. I think Brian Johnson is funny because I view him as like the the ultimate version of like this whole thing, and it's and that's just very funny to me. And the way that he like does it, it just cracks me up. Um, but I do like have a lot of skepticism surrounding fake sleep analysis tools, and that's why I just choose not to use them. Uh, here's my opinion on something I've never interacted with, uh, <laughs> but really appreciate it. Thanks, thanks for that that analysis, Pio. But appreciate your religious zeal over this uh, this matter. 
because it it uh, it goes against your religion of sauna only. Uh, but but real quick, biggest thing eye mask if it, or at least blackout shades. He just has the blackout shades always down. That's the most important thing. The mattress does matter, but room temperature is is really important associated with that. And I think those two things alone are going to accomplish a lot. No You're not allowed to sleep late. with someone next to you. You're not because of their sleep hygiene. That was one of his things. So, and no sex after eight thirty was another thing on his no uh, list. No sex after eight thirty. Yeah, yeah. He goes to bed. I, I, well, that I think shouldn't he said be he a problem for anyone who trades NFTs. Yes, definitely not. Not having sex before eight thirty. Yes, <laughs> not a problem for Bunny. For that's for sure. Definitely not a problem for Bunny. Anyway, uh, someone's saying that we should switch tub talk to <laughs> Nikki. I thought you might think that was funny. Just Bunny catching a random stray from me. I was like, wait, but what does that even mean? Like, are you trying to say he, he doesn't have sex? Or are you trying to say that he only has sex late? What? And are you, are you going to talk to Clemente about this in the sauna? It's not a problem while, for Clemente. While, while you're like seated really close to him. And, uh, and, and you're like, you're just towelless in the sauna and being like, dude, this is man stuff right well, here. My, my sauna over here is a co-ed sauna. My, my sauna is a co-ed sauna. And a girl in the sauna the other day that was from Austria said that in Austria, they go to the sauna naked. And I immediately responded, well, I think I'd catch a case if I uh, did, took that approach in this sauna because it's a co-ed sauna. And then I told her, if you want to be naked in a sauna, I'm sure you can go to South Brooklyn with all the Russian guys wearing banya caps, smacking each other with big ass leaves, and they won't mind being naked with you in a sauna. You didn't <laughs> say if you want to be naked in a sauna, I got a solution. I don't think that would have been the right move to <laughs> There were other people in the sauna, too. Just a hard. I mean, that would have been a bold move. I, I mean, maybe like you. There's a. I feel like it's a coin flip there. She, she would have been like, "Wow!" Like this she guy was with really, a guy. She was with a guy. Even more bold. <laughs> now I'm saying. I think your odds just went up because of that. Like that's the situation <laughs> this where is, this even is. the guy is gonna be like, "Dude, like that." Like I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have had the balls to even say that. <laughs> And he would have been like, can I buy you a drink after this sauna session? And he would have brought you to the nearest bar, paid for your drink, and been like, now sleep with my girl. Well, or it goes the complete opposite way, and now we would have had Tuesday's episode live from prison. There's no in-between. Well, I think I you're think allowed to ask somebody if they want to do a sauna with you. I mean, I feel like that's a valid question. This is this is why uh, this is why Pio is now taking boxing lessons is uh, just in case for scenarios like this so he can feel more comfortable you know doubling down on heinously bad ideas <laughs> that would have been a heinously bad idea for sure it would have been pretty funny no doubt uh, well look uh, well first of all also uh, I always love having Spencer on the show Spencer how you doing today amigo doing great as always you know sun's up monitors are up our bags. Probably not up, but that's okay. It's okay. You have your NFTs or dead shirt on. Very appropriate. Your camera's oriented in a, in a solid spot. You've got your two big-ass monitors. What, what's mm -hmm. the new technology called? G-E-L-D? No, what is it? It's OLED. 
OLED, 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 uh, which is the the hottest tech for your computer monitors. You heard it here first or in saunas, Pia. So you'd be really excited about that one. Well, someone was saying that they want Tub Talk to be in the sauna, and my response is, you can't bring cameras in a sauna with me. It's going to be way too hot, way too hot. You you can't bring cameras in a sauna with me. Nothing inappropriate about that. You're going to bring the camera to Clemente in the sauna. That's how you're going to do it because he wanted me to give him one of the one of our additional cameras that we got last year. So And uh, the sauna seems like the perfect place to do it, Pia. Well, of course, we're going to give Clemente a, a camera. He's a core member of the show. One little uh, other fun fact is Clemente texted me and was like, I think I'm going to splurge and join Equinox. There's an Equinox very close to where he lives. And I think he was looking for confirmation from me, like, you know, like, yeah, you should do that. And I no hesitation gave him that confirmation. I was like, yeah, you should totally do that. Join that Equinox, send it. Uh, and then you're going to hit the sauna and train boxing with me at my apartment gym. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we got a lot to talk about today. The big story is without question Utes and D-Gods, the Utes bridge to Ethereum. Many people speculated it was going to happen. It turned out to be true. And D-Gods season three update details still rolling out, it seems, this morning. So lots to talk about there. Also, I didn't sleep because he was going to drop it and then he didn't drop. Like, what, what do I get? I get a picture of like, we 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 used a magic eraser to clean up their face so they have no uh, no longer like uh, uh, facial issues. I, I don't know. It just seems uh, – w- w- and there's some women. They threw some women in there. Do you uh, have with- any D-God's assets? Of yes, course not, no. <laughs> okay. I was talking to Nick because he's like acting like he was staying up to see what was going to happen to the assets he has. I, 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 I did go and check, though. I mean, I was curious about it. Actually, the bigger problem I had, which is now officially causing issues with my relationship, it's a volatile world out there, is a game that Easy introduced me to called BitLife. And and uh, this thing is just stupid. Uh, it gives me some inspiration for Number things. Number go up, though. For things that we can do. It's research. It's that That's actually research. I love that. Um, anyway, we're going to talk... <laughs> What? Tell, tell my girlfriend that <laughs> I haven't been hanging out with you for the past couple of days because I'm busy doing research on my phone. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, besides D gods, we got to mention uh, Medici Group announcing an open edition, but we're going to talk about that with DK. I think it's very interesting for some particular reasons. Uh, and yeah, I mean, uh, a couple other things that we're going to talk about. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, why don't we just kick things off with the weather report from Sig? Sig, please take it away. Yeah, your, your Thursday, the 10th of August. Total market volume coming in around 12.4 million. You got Blur at 8.8, so just hovering around these single figures right now. OpenSea down at 2.6. Can it keep going lower? On to leaders, there's not much change in numbers. Biggest one is obviously DGOTS. We'll get into that. That is down about 13% on the 24 hour. Everything else is pretty stable. So, what's been going on? Firstly, Frank DGOTS obviously has announced that Ute's bridging from Polygon over to Ethereum and they've given back that three million uh, Polygon grant. We've obviously got that the art has been updated. You pay the 333 dust and each of the PFP include four pieces of generative art. And finally, some female PFPs just thrown under the bus there to join the gang. And of course, we just had news about the points which will be used for prizes. Uh, Ute obviously is the winner here. They broke two ETH last night, but before retracing back to 1.7. 
Onto Cosimo Medici. Well, uh, the Medici Group has partnered with Coinbase to bring the very first art drop on Base Chain. It is going to be a low-cost open edition featuring the one and only DK Motion, and it's going to include a physical claim. The Mint is open for 24 hours. It starts later today, and it can be bought with a credit card. How much Onto is it? What's uh, I haven't got the eighteen uh, dollars. It's eighteen dollars. Uh, have, what's happening on uh, out in the macro? Well, Galaxy CEO Mike Novogratz has said that he is confident that the BTC ETS will have eventual approval, quoting insider information from BlackRock and Invesco. The, the CEO says that it's only going to be a matter of when and not if, and it's, it's, it's to be expected to happen in the next four to six months. And then lastly, Board at Yacht Club announced the first round of applications to successfully receive Made by Apes license. This is going to support holders who... Um, have made brands and products under uh, BAYC and MAYC. The first batch of products includes everything from crypto security, blended coffee, and media groups. On to crypto, well, BTC uh, saw a little bit of a pump uh, on off the back of that BTC news, so but we're at 29.5. Ethan, the high. Oh, no. Uh-oh. We got a little freezy freeze here from Signal. Some Wi-Fi. 1800s at 1850. Solana. Ooh. Uh, I'm back. Hello? Yes, nah, yes you are. Oh, where did I... Sorry, where did I freeze? You wrapped up on the Medici the group. Price. Yeah, you were oh, just yeah, talking about the okay. price of these. Hi. Yeah, basically, guys, there's no more interesting news. BTC ETFs are going to be improved. Board at Yacht Club license. Uh, we've got some great products coming out around crypto security, blended coffee, and media groups. Crypto, pretty stable. Back to you, folks. Fantastic uh, weather report signal, regardless of the fact that signal lost signal, as one of our commenters said. Very clever little play on words there. Some updates from the Nifty Daily Digest, which is the daily newsletter released from the nifty.com. You need to have an account on the nifty.com to participate in the Nifty ecosystem with Bodog and free NFTs and bones so make and packs. So make sure you go there and check it out, thenifty.com. Uh, as Signal covered, Utes announced they'll be migrating, so we already know that. Uh, the Medici group drop was already covered too. Jack Butcher teased a potential Opepin and Pudgy Penguin collaboration with an Opepin and Pudgy Penguin deriv derivative shown side by side in a new tweet, including the words one-to-one, -one, although no concrete details of any new drop have been been released. Last but not least, that same wallet that burned 2,500 ETH or $4.6 million a couple of weeks ago also mysteriously sent a board ape, a mutant, and a kennel dog to a burn address yesterday. So those are your updates from the Nifty Daily Digest. Uh, subscribe at thenifty.com, and that's how you get exposure to the Nifty ecosystem. So look, let's talk about D-Gods and Utes news. I want to lean heavily on Spencer and Easy here. So Easy, could you quickly sum up the updates from D-Gods we've seen so far. Then I'll throw to Spencer and hear his take as a holder. I'm assuming he's still a yes, holder. We got three things. We got Utes moved to ETH, which was announced for their migration. They said that they enjoyed Polygon. They were not able to do the things that they wanted to do. And now they believe that they need to, quote, unite their family, which is going to be D-Gods and Utes on the same chain. The other two things were D-Gods art upgrade, which they've now teased. They got rid of the gore, went for a more simplistic look. They wanted to make it more elegant and more luxury feeling with thicker lines and more simplistic art style. And then the final thing is their points parlor. We don't have much information about this. They just announced that about 30 minutes ago and said that this is where dust or dust will be used for the art upgrade, 333 dust. And then the points will have something. 
don't have any specifics on how it's going to be used, but they said both mobile and computer will be able to be used for it. And they teased a Tesla, D-Gods paid my rent, and D-Gods paid my groceries as the three things that were shown in the first image. So it looks like we're getting some level of real-world value out of it. Not sure how, not sure what that looks like, but uh, I guess everyone's kind of anxiously waiting to see where this goes from here. So those are the three big things. So it's about 800 United States dollars to upgrade to the new art style. And unlike Dead Gods, which was the season one to season two, where the price went up every day, so they wanted to try to speed run people to do it. Now what's going to happen is if you don't upgrade, the price actually goes down. So the longer you wait to upgrade, the amount of dust needed goes down. But they're trying to incentivize people to do it earlier versus later. So uh, yeah, it's those are the three major things. We got the first announcement at 6.33 Eastern time, which is 3.33. And then we got the second one at about 12.30 um, for the art for D-God Season 3. So one of the awesome things was it took us two weeks to build the point system. Uh, it took uh, their, them eight months. And so something that I like to think about is that we're just faster uh, and better with that point system. The other thing is, is uh, the, what it looks like is they basically took an eraser to the face. So if you, before what there was, was it looked like someone got slashed with a blade which is pretty common. I didn't share on here that someone got stabbed in front of my building the other day, but uh, it's pretty common in cities nowadays is stabbings. So I think the slash face is going to become a little more popular of a style, uh, stylistic vibe. For now, they're deciding to erase it. So nothing changed uh, you know, practically about the head. Not, uh, they did introduce a female. The female style reminds me of, I'm blanking on who it is, but it looks like, wildly familiar in like, nfts or outside of nfts in nfts it would be either mad lads uh captains or that's basically it N mad lads and captains have female uh, yeah mad lasses five percent of the collection and captains you can actually just swap so so uh, the it, thing it's I okay to not know mad lads had females but not knowing yeah. that captains had females is funny you did know that because oh, you've yeah, seen them before. Because, because it, that one was, it, it, well, they have breasts. It's not <laughs> clear if they have like actual, like it's not, it's not representative of anything. It's just like, here's a pair of breasts. Okay. This is the future of, <laughs> well, of, we, of AI. Appreciate your contributions, Nick. I'm going to throw to Spence. I, mean, uh, I know you're being just honest. Real quick, okay. you realize like him and, uh, and, and Gabe Layden are like, wow, this is really the future of AI. And it's always like, uh, have you seen the AI like uh, Instagram accounts of women that are just like big breasted, like uh, uh, like Instagram models? Haven't hey, seen them yet. I've created 10 of those accounts so far and it's going great. Turns out that uh, people are way more receptive to my humor. When you can I monetize the shit out of them, man. Dude, well, it's, it's, I'm becoming an influencer. Sorry, Spencer. You know, I'm, I'm sure uh, Nick's girlfriend is much happier that he's spending his time playing whatever that Bitcoin game is instead of doing that <laughs> on his phone so you know you got to take the little wins where you get them um, exactly exactly but with with regards to to kind of these these announcements you know i think there's sort of a couple of really interesting things going on the bridge back to eth is kind of a wild one right like that uh, it's not you know, back to ETH. It's from it's. It was Solana to Polygon. To Solana ETH. to Polygon. Polygon. Yeah, yeah. So, but like the bridge, but like I think this this is the challenge, right? And I think this is not an insurmountable challenge, right? Like we saw Polygon launch its first native like PFP collection. They cooked. They're doing well. Um, 
the challenge with Utes was like there's just not that much ETH on Polygon, right? And so like if you are and specifically there's very little ETH on Polygon in wallets that trade NFTs, right? And so if you're a collection, it's really hard to pump above a certain price on Polygon, right? Just because like and and it was impressive they had held it. It was also kind of an interesting thing too, where everyone who blames Blur for all the issues of NFTs, well, there wasn't Blur on Polygon, right? But like, I think that you know you got to read between the lines here. When Frank says we weren't able to do what we wanted to do, I mean, like technically, you could do all the same shit, right? Like the the thing that he's talking about is we weren't able to like increase floor price. You can't say that, but that's what I interpret what he's saying there was. So I think he's making a move that he believes there's more liquidity in the ecosystem, and that's why. To bridge them over, and it's and it's a really interesting move too because it's it's very expensive for him, right? Like everyone was like, "Oh, like Frank, like well, all he cares about is money." Well, I took the three million buckaroos to go over there in the first place. Well, if all he cared about was money, he would have stayed there, right? Like, like you know, I it's 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 an interesting move. It's going to cost him a lot of reputation, um, in the sense of like, you know, at least I think, right? I think it's not great to go take a grant to do something and then bridge over. That's a part of the cost of this whole thing. You know, I'm sure he's thought that through. Um, but we'll just have to see. I think my view on the Diod's art update is I'm a little underwhelmed by it. Like, I think they have, they're well known as like having one of the best art teams. They're definitely better PFPs. Like, it's clear they took everything they learned from making Utes and applied it here in that like, the lines are thicker, they're less busy, like everything about them is a better PFP from like the sort of like little things. But and and I, I think he did thread this is this, this, like this like very subtle thing, which is if you change them too much, then people are like, oh, I paid more for my rare one that I like the look of, like now it doesn't look like that. Like you made it much more fungible, right? And so like, you know, you don't want that kind of sentiment around. But and and you know, we'll see how like Maybe there'll be more improvements. I don't love that they all kind of have the same color background. That's like a subtle thing. Um, but I was just I was hoping for more. Um, and and this is something that I, I was kind of hoping for too, because in, in my mind, Utes like this is one of the weird things about like the D gods ecosystem is like Utes look like 10x better than D gods. And I was wondering if they were going to pull something off where this new D gods collection was going to change that, and I don't think they did. I think Utes still look 10x better than what they've teased. Um, so we'll have to see. And I think the market kind of agrees, right? Like we saw, and now, you know, how much is this like them underperforming expectations versus like anytime anyone announces anything in the NFT space, things sell off right now, right? Like it's hard to say, but they are down from like nine and a half ETH to like eight to like seven and a half ETH or I guess eight, eight, 15. Like it's a pretty substantial sell off. Um, and this is also the challenge with the, with the, with the, with the youth bridge, right? Like if, 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 D odds had ran on their announcement that I don't think we see the sell off in Utes, right? Utes are at two, two and a half probably by now. If, if, if D odds had gone to like 10 ETH, which they were like poised to do. Um, and so I think this is like when you look at the complexity of doing multi announcement things, it's like all these different decisions compound each other. And that's kind of what happened with Zuki too. But Dude, there, right, go ahead. There's, there's so many issues here. The first is the Polygon move has no impact on his reputation. Because it, and instead, it just destroys like Polygon further 
because you've had multiple people leave. First, you have Ryan Watt leave, and then you have Frank being like, I'm leaving also, and fuck the money associated with this. I understand from a business partnership standpoint that it, it, it may tarnish, tarnish his reputation. In the crypto space, though, I feel like it's a little more fluid here. A little he more leeway. More, yeah, it, because he also has far more influence, I think, than, frankly, Polygon as a blockchain. Literally, uh, like, I don't think like, that's true at all. Well, actually, you're, you're, hold you're on, hold way on. off there. <laughs> Your oh, orders of magnitude off. <laughs> like the only <laughs> distinction is that well, I will say that there's people who are building on Polygon, which is Reddit and Instagram did, but then left also. So Instagram was Starbucks. Like, I, I, I'm out. So, DraftKings. Okay, well, we're naming some small brands here. Okay, brands that <laughs> nobody's ever heard of. The thing I want to clarify here is all of these actions that these brands are taking. I don't think it's actually a direct correlation to Polygon. Like, that's the thing. None of them mention anything about it. They don't use Matic for gas. It's purely a storage standpoint for them. Like, that is, it's purely the underlying blockchain and so, nothing to do with the actual crypto, which is like, there's no gas fee associated with it. They handle it all on like, they're basically just using it as a database, which to me, I'm like, the, the Frank leaving Polygon, the timeline was electric with comments basically saying like, this, if someone doesn't want to take $3 million to stay there, it's a bad look. So like, the perception of like the small chamber we're in is definitely in line with what Nick's saying. But I think Spencer is right on. Like, I don't think this is like the complete death thematic. So, uh, okay. Fair. Uh, like I agree with that as well. And we use them as, as the back end of our, our platform. Although we, ha we're going to have, we do have some, some uh, Solana integration and we may have some other things. Who knows? Mysterious things uh, afoot. In, in the uh, Bodago ecosystem. But the thing I was going to say, um, the other side of this is like, dude, I'm like curious about this announcement, the way that this was rolled out, because I was anticipating the product to drop and to be able to use it, basically. I was anticipating something actionable that someone could actually take. But instead, it was three images dropped at like midnight. Uh, 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 so like, I don't understand why they would do it at that time, like without having the ability to roll this thing out. Why not just roll the thing out and let people go crazy with the thing? Like, there's a lot of question marks that I have associated with this. It's basically like, we're going to migrate to ETH, but you can't migrate to ETH yet. We're going to do this other thing, but you can't do that other thing yet. We're going to do this other thing, but you can't do that yet. That's the thing to me that's the weirdest about this entire thing is that it's literally three images associated with what's about to happen, but not having any of those things possible to like even take action on. And instead, all that we're seeing is speculative market uh, activity based around those announcements and nothing else. So really, it was just announcements, which is what the anticipation was for. And now there's uh, another thing where something else is going to actually show up. But like, I don't know. It just feels it, it feels harder nowadays to make that um, happen. Spencer, looks like you want to chime in with something. I actually wanted to share some of my thoughts after Spencer. Yeah, I mean, a couple of things, right? Like, I think where, where I see this, and, and this is even like, look, you know, I, I'm not, this is not FUD towards Frank. If, if this was the right business decision for him, and it was the right business decision for the holders, then I think it's a stand-up act that he did it, right? Like, this is where I'm saying, like, he might catch some flack. Like, the challenges that I see is like, you know, that was a big win uh, as an alternative revenue source for an NFT business was having a chain pay the the NFT to go be on their chain. 
like I think other chains will think and and twice about doing that now because of the as you mentioned like 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 I think if Polygon could roll back the clock they wouldn't do this again right it wasn't because Frank Frank leaving Polygon is definitely bad for Polygon's image in the NFT space now we talk about who's the bigger deal like <laughs> we look at market caps baby <laughs> and, and Matic has a way higher market cap than Utes, Diods, and Dust. Like, it's just not close. Like, we're talking extra zeros, right? Utes, Diods, and Dust is not worth a couple bill. But Matic is, right? And so this is why I'm saying, like, in the overall impact of crypto, and this is where, like, as NFT people, you can get lost in the sauce sometimes and think we're bigger than we are as a space. Like, Utes is, like, two zeros off from, like, like, like D-Labs is two zeros off from, maybe one zero actually it's probably one zero off but like i would say one and a half zeros off from 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 polygon labs right um but you know when it comes to announcement of an announcement like i'm not so upset about that i think like this is like the more that they actually deliver the more that anyone actually seems to deliver like the more challenging it is right i, I think i think it's fine um to roll stuff out and this is like a classic kind of you like like D Labs play, I really hope that the the and, and it seems like the kind of the more subtle, but this is actually where I think the the bet is right. Like like prior to to today, your bet was on the art reveal or whatever else is going to get announced. Okay, we kind of have the art. It may change from here or there, but I think they missed the art reveal. That's why owning a you the date like the moment before the sorry owning a D God the moment before the art reveal was a bet on whether you think that art was going to pump or not pump the price. Right, you lost that bet so far. Now we have this points parlor. Next bet is on will points parlor pump or decrease the price of dust. So like like that that's just like how you have to play this, right? Everyone has kind of the same information, although you have to assume there are some people in the market that probably have more information than you that are trading on it. But like more or less people have the same information, right? So your bet is will the announcement we know is coming or the thing that we know is happening be bullish or bearish for price? That that's like that's what owning an NFT or buying an NFT means today. Yeah. It's, and so you covered a lot of different things there. I wanted to comment on a few things. So first of all, on the art side, I think the bear market, the NFT bear market has stripped down a lot of the stuff on the art side where people really would say, I like the art or I bought it because of the art. I just like the art. That was during the bull market. That was when there was a shot that things could go up because you like the art. Now the art only matters if you're going to actually use the art for something. And using the art for something basically means an integration into like literally literally like video games, right? Like I think you're going to see a lot of video game stuff emerge uh, or collectibles. And so you see Pudgy Penguins, they're integrating the art into collectibles. They're going heavy into the... When, when people say the IP route that's what it means i don't know if d gods is going the ip route um so when they when when they said there was going to be an art upgrade i was like that's cool you should obviously keep doing that you should make the stuff better but that's not going to be a a driver for the price go up the price is insanely high the price is like twenty thousand bucks for one of these nft collectibles and I, I make a comment uh, internally at the Nifty right now when we're talking about you know how we should proceed when we talk about other people in the ecosystem, in the NFT ecosystem, where I make the comment, and it's a comment to kind of indicate 
or just to put things in a perspective, because it's pretty extreme. I have $100,000 liquid cash right now that I'll, I'll spend on NFTs, but you have to let me know if I spend that $100,000, what I get on the other side. If I go buy $100,000 worth of motorcycles or $100,000 worth of jet skis, I know what I'm going to get. I'm going to get a bunch of jet skis that I could literally take on a, on a lake with 10 other people and, you know, tear shit up. You know what I mean? I don't know what I get if I drop $100,000 on NFTs, right? And so I think that this bear market um, is stripping everything down. And I think the game of price goes up on high priced and, or excuse me, like buy an NFT solely for the, the sake of price goes up on a high price collectible that's not a fine art NFT. It's trending towards ending slowly. Like it's a slow trend towards ending. Like what, if I buy an Azuki right now, is the am I just buying it, hoping that I can sell it to somebody else for more money in a couple of months? Like, is that what I'm doing? And so I think things are going to trend towards actual functional stuff in a digital ecosystem, like an engaging platform or a game. And I think you're seeing that a lot on Solana. Solana, the Solana market basically expects software-related updates for the most part. That's that's kind of what the Solana market expects. And when I think about the Ethereum market, and I think about when me and Nick came into the Ethereum market in February 2021, um, there were a lot of people that already had success in business. They'd sold businesses. They'd already made it to some capacity. And so they had money that they could YOLO into NFTs. They YOLO'd the money into NFTs. The NFT prices go, went up. So they, they got even richer and they like acted like they were building stuff. But so many people from that era have closed down their businesses or they have like these zombie companies that aren't doing anything. There's just nothing going on. And who the hell is even building on ETH now? Actually, I mean, obviously, you know, I mean, I'm not talking about like Frank and stuff. I'm talking about like the people from me and Nick's era, February 2021. Who the hell is still building anything on ETH? Um, and yet when I talk to people on Solana, there's young, hungry people that haven't made it yet that are like, no, no, this is like all we're doing is we're focusing on this business. We just raised a small funding round or we've got like this much revenue. We're going at it. So I just think things are trending that way. Um and look, the price of a DGOT is like a lot of money right now, even after the sell-off. Quite frankly, I don't think the sell-off is even a lot, considering what Nick said, where it's like you can't actually do anything yet. Basically hasn't sold off. It basically hasn't know. sold off. Yeah. I mean... It's it, down and ETH. Right. But keep in mind, don't these things always go down on the actual announcement day? Right? Is Am I wrong about that? Do, historically, do things go up on the day of the actual event? I mean, look, if, if something if something's down... Nine percent. You can't. You can't say, "Ah, I didn't go down." But is that not I mean, a normal percentage for nine percent? No, feels like, pretty like, normal. Look, look, the reason that D gods are the price they are relative to everything else, right? Like, and, and D gods at this point is the like basically the second market cap collection, like like, like outside of Yuga Labs assets, right? It, it goes Yuga Labs, D gods, right? The reason that that is is because Dad fellas. The reason that that is is because. They pulled it off. They actually had an announcement that pumped price, which was the which was the bridge, right? Like the last major D gods thing pumped price like two to three x, right? So they've done it before, and that's why their price is what it is because people expect them to do it again. I agree that in most cases it's buy the rumor, sell the news. The, the only two people who have kind of done it is Pudgies pumped into their toy announcement. That was one. But, but was it yeah. a, a sustained pump? I don't. I feel like yeah, it, no, it. But is, they pumped they, after the announcement. It was like two, three days. They went up, then they pulled back to exactly where they were. But they 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 pumped. There was a pump. It existed, right? The odds pumped after their like the, the and those are the two pumps in the last like couple of months, right? And so like 
that's why those are number two and number three collection, right? And number one collection has been down only for like months. Why? Because they haven't pumped into their announcements. The last announcements they pumped into was actually probably around the same time as the D Gods Bridge to 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 ETH was 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 Sewer Pack. Sewer Pack was was a solid pump. Yep. I mean, the January pump to twenty ETH on 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 mutant apes was that was that was a good old like you made money kind of deal right mm-hmm. like outside of that like you know if you didn't mint vera molnar's sotheby's thing like i just dropped that's why they're in those places i was gonna say like i think as well like frank is catching flack for this but i you know you, you have to go back to the decisions that he made at the time like when when he moved from solana uh, we had the FTX collapse and Solano, I mean, easy, m- maybe you agree on this, but it was fa- facing an existential crisis as a blockchain in that moment on that day. And uh, I remember Frank like tweeting and he sounded quite, you know, panicky at, at, like, at the time as to whether like Solana as a chain um, will still exist. And he made a decision for the community and for the business to move over to Polygon and there was probably an incident where maybe the treasury was impacted by the fact that Solana had collapsed. So, you know, being able to bridge to Polygon was essentially a lifesaver grant. Okay. And I remember at the time he said, you know, we'll see in six months whether this was the right decision. Okay. So now they go to Polygon. Uh, they obviously did the BTC sale as well. So that secured money for, for the business. But you can see that as a founder, he's learning along the way. And there are some founders in this space who would move to Polygon and despite volume not being there, would stay married to that chain until the end. Uh, you'd lose holders, there'd be negative sentiment, but some founders would just stay married to that decision because they think it's the best. Frank is moving to Ethereum now. I would hope that like this is now the end of moving chains, right? Chain business done. Let's move the business forward and execute as a uh, united community with D-Gods and Utes on that same change, uh, same chain. Like my, my point is this: I remember working in uh, a startup back in 2008. It was in financial services, and Lehman Brothers collapsed. The CEOs were extremely experienced. They'd all worked at tier one investment banks. They had decades of experience behind them. And I remember one of them coming downstairs, like the most see, the most senior guy, and he said, "There is no playbook for what has just happened." Even we don't know how to navigate this. There is no book where we go home at night and we look at the answers. We're still so early that any founders building in a space, there's no playbook for them to look at and say, what should we doing, be doing now? I respect Frank and the, and, and the fact that he's taken these risks. He's taken these decisions. Whether the, he is right in the long term, nobody knows. But at least he's trying to grow the business and put it in a, in a direction that makes it successful for the business and the holders. And he's going to face flack for it, but. Oh man, that was juicy too. For me, I'd be like, okay, he's like, he's taking decisions and he's doing, no, he is. Look, no, Nick, have you lost me? We lost you, you but you you came back and then we, you're back now. Okay. We got most of it. Sorry, where did I? No, no, you you said, you said uh, he's going to take flack, but. And then and we then, lost then you. Yeah, out. yeah. He's like, he's going to take flack, but he is one of the docs people out here putting their reputation at risk, the holders, 
everything on the line to try and make this work. And everybody else on Twitter, I'm sorry, but if you're not a founder, it's very difficult to have this sort of armchair passive opinion that everything Frank is doing is just wrong. And, you know, making jabs at him for like, you know, round tripping these different chains. Let's see where like D-Gods is uh, at the end of this in like 12 months time. But I think like he's taken a risk. It didn't pay off on Polygon. He's moved to Ethereum. Let's look at his let's look at his track record and judge him on his upcoming track record rather than judging him for uh, taking high risk decisions. Absolutely. I, oh, go ahead, Nick. I was gonna say, I, like, I agree. Uh, respect to Frank for. I mean, he, he's he's out there uh, and he's he's uh, putting his reputation on the line, basically publicly making these announcements anyway. So, like, whether you love it or hate it, he's at least doing it. You are correct that there's no playbook uh, associated with it. It is very easy to fud this, and the reality is, uh, it's hard to make these things succeed. Even when you're doing things, uh, you know, like people fight, fade pudgy um, because like, oh, why do why do I need toys? Well, he's building an e-commerce business. Whether or not you like the the approach that they're taking, they're out there. That's the business that they're trying to build. Um, and in, in the case of Frank, he is moving a lot of things like a lot of the adjustments that they make do feel like marginal improvements oftentimes when when they do them. I think this is the first, there was a product that they rolled out and I'm blanking on what it was and then they ended up um, easy. Do you remember what their previous products were that they actually rolled out? Um, there was some software. Yeah. So the, what they rolled out, they rolled out, obviously DID is the easiest way for like official follows. They confirm all that. They That's, that's looked, more new. I'm talking about like- new. So The previous ones is a proof of work, which is what they rolled out where they did like a uh, GitHub where they showed everything that they did every single day. They rolled out a Reddit forum tool Back in like late December, early January 2021, 2022, they rolled out the Paperham Bitch Tax, which had the internet ablaze, where if you listed the NFT for less than you bought it for, it had a 33.3% royalty. Um, there's a couple other things as well, but most of the stuff, and if you haven't listened to it, Mark Colser has a podcast with Frank that released recently where he actually outlines everything that they've done and tried and why they've scrapped these various things. I thought it was really well said, to be honest, and uh, it gives a little bit more clarity on the stuff that they've rolled out. And I think like a lot of people last night were also retweeting Frank's pin tweet, which is like, we tried some shit, whatever, whatever. And now we're trying some new shit, you know? Um, and that's where I think they're going with this is like, they're not scared to shy away from like just putting in an effort and attempting things. And if they fail pivoting from them. And I think you do get a lot of founders in this space that really stick to their guns and are like, this is what we're rolling out. This is what we want to do. And the space doesn't care about it. Like, that's the thing. Like at this point, the best thing here is like, Everything that they've rolled out and teased and announced and done has caused some level of conversation and quote, I guess, confrontation, which is kind of what you want. Like the entire space is talking about D gods and Utes right now. Nothing like if, if you were dropping any announcement today, I feel for you because it's gonna be overshadowed. The whole space is looking at this. I mean, yeah, I it still feels to be fair though. I, I don't know, uh uh the, the take on the PFP being far superior i thought like my my overall take historically has been human-based pfps are basically impossible to do if anybody has done it i guess d gods has done it i guess captains is trying to do it Punks? I, I just don't think it matters because uh if art really mattered then rango would be like a five eats floor or something 
right? Because I mean, that art is like really, really strong. And, and, you know, if art really mattered, then every talented artist that's listening to the show right now, there's a lot of really good artists. I mean, the artists that we work with, if they just made their own PFP, nothing, not Bodagos related, blah, 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 the art would be really, really sick, but that's not going to make it have a one ETH floor price. I think one thing that needs to be mentioned is that Fred, Frank has been insanely successful in his time in the NFT space. His level of success is probably only rivaled by Board API Club. Um, and, and Board API Club was early as hell. They were basically, qu- call it first, in the new era of NFTs, post-Crypto Punks and Crypto uh, Kitties and, you know, uh, 2020 Nifty Gateway, that kind of stuff. And, and you know, Azuki is another one where, you know, because you can mention 2021 projects like Cool Cats, which I know Spencer was involved in and stuff, but I feel, feel like those projects were so early, Deadfellas, Nick mentioned, those projects were so early that they were one of like the dozen different things that people could buy. And there was so much liquidity coming in the space, and I talk about this, that it just concentrated into those projects. And that's what really ultimately made the price go up. And, and now you see that months go by and nothing happens with those, those businesses, right? Nothing happens. Three, four months is nothing. And, and, and so, you know, I can't put them in that category. But Azuki, even though it came out in 2021, it came out later than those projects, and it retained a lot of hype and even had a $40 million revenue event recently. So besides Borde Biak Club and Azuki, and now Azuki is obviously falling off, Frank is basically the most successful individual that has said, I want to build in the NFT space. The other thing is that people are, you, some of you guys were talking about building the business, building the business. Well, the reality is 90 plus percent of people that buy NFTs, including the incredibly sophisticated people that do it at the institutional level and do it professionally, actually don't care at all about you building a business. The single only thing that they cared about, care about is the price of the NFT itself that they own going up in the form of literally just like a D-God going up, for example, or previously we saw it with airdrops. But it looks like really since Dookie Dash, there hasn't been an airdrop that has been like worthwhile. It, it, it's just been the actual asset going up in price. So there is like this sort of conflict uh, when you're thinking about pure play price. Um, and I just wonder how that's going to play out over time because I do believe that inevitably we're going to go towards actual engaging platforms, products, and you know probably software that um, the NFT space is built on where there's a reason for owning the NFT because it gives you some sort of access or, or playability in those ecosystems. But I fear it's going to be insanely difficult. Again, a U or a D God costs twenty grand right now, so it's going to be pretty damn hard to keep that up. It's a lot easier to play the speculation game, which Frank is clearly an absolute master of, to keep that twenty thousand dollar price. So I, I do think that there's an inherent conflict between the price component of an NFT project and the business component that comes behind it. I don't know if anybody has any commentary on that. I've been saying the the biggest action in NFTs is going to be the sub ten dollars space. That's where like all the activity is going to go. It, this is a crazy concept, but right now, obviously, there's a lot of liquidity in this like very narrow subset of the space. I think Blur uh, put a lot of it in that direction. Blur also, I remember when we were like people were like, "Oh, is Blur bad for the market? Is it good for the market?" I, I'm I'm like more on the uh, it's not helpful um, at the at this, but it, I, I also don't know that it has any impact whatsoever. I think people just disappeared on terms of uh, in terms of buying. I will say 
if um, it, like if you increase liquidity, but the liquidity is on price being cheaper, then inherently it does have a negative price action on the on the ecosystem because there's always someone who wants to sell. And as long as there's always someone who wants to sell, and the price, the, the immediate liquidation price is always lower than the current available price, it's hard for price to go up, basically, as long as there's always like someone at a cheaper level willing to buy. Um, and right now, there's no people coming into this ecosystem at all. So to a large degree, it's also like, what incentive does anybody have? Like, what? Uh, why should Frank even release a new product? Kind of to Spencer's point, or like earlier on, why should he release anything other than announcements and hype uh, during the in this sort of current market? That said, are they suddenly going to release something massive when whenever that market turns? Like, are they actively developing something that uh, is getting people excited and, and engaged? And that's the real question. And, and right now, a lot of that stuff is much more on the NFT side, where it's literally the core collection is migrating from collection A to collection B. The art is is switching from version A to B to C. That uh, like, and that's all of the dynamics that are happening within their ecosystem. None of it has been like, here's stuff that we're that we here's our vision for the future and here's what we're building yet a lot of people compare them to Steve Jobs and I just don't understand the correlation associated with that it's a big comparison because Steve Steve Jobs was shipping product to market that's not what D Gods is doing at all well here's the thing right like you know I think there's actually two ways to approach it right one is and I think you either have to right curve or left curve right you either have to be doing the most or doing the least and doing the least um, you know, and figuring out where you fall. I think a lot of the projects that have held up well, like, you know, you have Milady is like a, a top four NFT project right now, right? And the fuck have they done? Nothing, right? So like, you can do literally nothing. You can do stuff, but like, let's call a spade a spade. What, what, what we're doing here right now, and I think this is the mindset project founders need to be in, is you're in the NFT space because you believe that we have another cycle. If you don't believe in another cycle, then like leave. There's just no reason to be here, Right. And so like you're betting on there being another cycle. Now, when will that happen? You don't know exactly, but the key spot to be in is in a pre-deliverable part of your hype cycle going into the next bull market. Like let's say Fed tomorrow comes out and says, hey guys, we fucked up. Interest rates to zero, right? Everything pumps. Let's say that sends NFTs, huge influx of people. Pause for a second, look at the market and say, what happens? I think it's obvious that Utes pump. I think it's obvious that Pudgy Penguins pump. I think probably punks pump. There's some other stuff that I think, but like, like that's the math as a founder that you need to be doing. Now, if you had asked me this in, in like. Well, one quick October? question, yeah. one quick question, Spencer. So when Jerome Powell and the Federal Reserve announce those rate cuts back down to zero, do you think that in that same speech, he'll mention that you should buy pudgy penguins and utes? Or do we I think, think it's almost certain? <laughs> I think that if you look at the history of the Fed's relationship to crypto markets, there's never a better time to talk about shitcoins and NFTs than the Fed funds announcement. Okay, but please continue. Sorry to interrupt you for that joke. I, I couldn't help but I just pictured Jerome Powell and his dry way of speaking, his measured speech. <laughs> if, if that money became free again, if we ended up literally legitimately in a free money cycle, 
bullshit would reign supreme again, not new products being delivered. Basically, it's dumb money at that point. That's what we're we're living through is that dumb money showed up. I, I would be interested in any of the investors in our business that say, Nick, the best thing for you to do right now is literally nothing. <laughs> I would love someone to tell me that be, be, because then I'm also like, well, what are we going to like? How am I going to pay the bill? Nick, just keep doing literally nothing. <laughs> like the ladies is not like a venture backed business. Like they have no obligation whatsoever. Yeah. But so, so here, here's the thing, right? And this is, I was kind of getting this in my little ramble here. Was that like to time it such that you're in a hype cycle so precisely is basically impossible because you don't know when NFTs are coming back. You don't know if they're coming back, but you certainly, if your bet is that they will come back and you're taking that as a given in your assumptions, you don't know when that happens, right? And so the alternative is, and I, this is Nick, to your point, is trying to ride that hype cycle. Like there was a moment where if the NFT market came back the next day, like we would be Goblin Town would be the number one project, right? Because it would be way more sustained. This is like the exact example of why it's really tough to do that sort of strategy, right? Like kind of Nick, to your point is deliver, 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 build, 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 don't care about price. And then in the next cycle, be in a position to try and make bigger announcements because you don't have to pump day one of the next cycle. Like a lot of the big projects that pumped hard or did big things last cycle weren't like when 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 board apes first ran that you saw punks run you saw like v friends were kind of a big deal then like a lot of the stuff came later or pumped later that had been in existence before like look at when certain art blocks pumped like the it the timing is really important here and i think that people are over indexing on there being the most relevant day one of the next cycle i was i was gonna ask spencer do you have a baby because i keep hearing a baby and then i realized it's probably bunny uh, it was, it was, oh, Bunny! Yeah, Bunny, are you trying to? <laughs> nah, dude. I think it was Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> Little Spencer's running around. Uh, they got their glasses on and their fencing swords, ready to take on, uh, you know, the next batch of investors. Real what? quick, Nick, I want to hear from you in a second, but I wanted to say two things. Number one, really big actual releases, not big announcements, right? Not big announcements of announcements. Big actual releases are actually extremely risky in the NFT space because like Signal said, there is no playbook. And so I like small iterative releases if you're actually trying to build a product that's going to be used. Um, that's number one. And so when you start getting into this big swing release stuff, I think Cool Cats would be a good example with the um, the Cool Pets game. That was like a really big swing and it turns out people didn't want to do it. And so there's a lot of sunk costs into you know, that investment for them. And then real quick, other thing is that keep in mind when people are on like Twitter, right? Like this, this show uh, is broadcast on Twitter among other platforms. So like a sizable percentage of the audience only consumes the content on Twitter and a sizable percentage of the NFT space actually only acknowledges Twitter as a source of information. They don't consume information anywhere else. There's be, I, I just took a quick peek at the comments based on our conversation. And there are people that are in there questioning my point of Frank being successful. So you have individuals on Twitter hearing me say that Frank has been very successful in the NFT space, and they're saying, no, he hasn't. 
And so you just have to let that sink in for a second. Is like the guys built an NFT ecosystem that spent, I don't know the market cap, but Spencer, you, you said so it, much credit to random comments. Like literally, no, I'm, throwaway I'm trying to, comments. you call it a throwaway comment, but what oh. I'm telling you is that the audience is seeing this in their, like the, it's going into their brain. They're mm-hmm. reading people say it. You know what I mean? They're saying that a guy that's built a billion dollar NFT ecosystem by market cap has not been successful. Unsuccessful. Not a billion dollars. Or, I, th- I thought that was what you mentioned. What's the actual no, market no. cap? He was ta- no, he's talking about Polygon being Polygon. a million. Okay, so what's the... Polygon's a couple billion dollars. Okay, is it... They're like... A five million? Oh, a couple what? hundred million. For it's, it's like it's like one or two hundred million, maybe so, maybe three. It's somewhere in that range. That's a lot of money, ladies and gentlemen, for a market yeah. cap for something that a kid built. Just but saying. Ironic, ironically, too, like like... <laughs> So there's, there's two things. One is if the number two market cap NFT company's founder is not successful, like we're all screwed. Yeah, yeah, That's the first thing. The <laughs> second thing is there are metrics of success like in terms of money that made from the space. Frank is like not even top 50, right? Like, I'm not talking about his individual, like I'm not talking about his W2 successes. I'm talking about if you're going to build a biz, an organization in the NFT space with NFTs, saying that he hasn't been successful is strange to me. It's very strange. It's like saying that, you know, Stephen Curry hasn't been successful in basketball. And now everyone's going to be like, you're comparing it to Stephen Curry. It, it, I mean, you did. One, you of, the, one did. of the top, pro- what, what is this? <laughs> what is this? What are we doing here? It hasn't been successful? What are we doing? Well, well, so, so he's been successful in building an audience. I think just say what, what he's done really well is growing an audience and also making price go up. It's 20000 bucks for one of these things. Which, 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 yeah, so that is successful. The thing that he's not uh, Stephen Curry. The other thing that, that I was going to say is to Spencer's thing earlier. Look, I'm not a big fan of... Uh, of just build for the future market, although that is what the crypto space entirely is. What I'm really actually more interested in is building for today and saying like, hey, what what are like, like what are the things that we can make that get people excited? And that's the most important thing. And so you can you have a couple of paths to do that. One, you can say, hey, we're going to build product, and that's the business that we're in. We're in, we're a product building company. Some some cases it's physical products, others may be digital products, some may be a hybrid of that, but that's your business. And you're and your there's metrics you can look at to say, hey, is this successful? You could say, I'm gonna focus on the art side of things and go become a successful artist and and focus on like that playbook already exists. Uh the NFTs, when they pump, may just further enhance that. But like it's it feels like a lot of the artists that that showed up. What I remember like uh, interviewing some of them, they've been cra- honing their like they've been an artist for uh, over a decade. Many of these people who've been like honing their craft, and now suddenly this opportunity where fl- money was flowing suddenly showed up. They weren't building for NFTs. Like that's not what they were like anticipating. They were just honing their craft. They were focused on that particular thing. And so then when the market met that opportunity, they were perfectly poised for that moment. That's the best way for these things to happen. And then the third thing you can go and do, I feel like in this space, is try try and participate on the speculative side. And the most uh and and if you want to participate on the speculative side right now, buy shit coins. That's basically where that activity is going on. You can try and, uh, or you can try and like invest on a bigger level associated with it.
but the bottom line is like the, the like if 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 your path is we're gonna basically do nothing, I, I just don't view that as like a, <laughs> you know? a, a, va- a valid option. It is an option for somebody, but that's called like you uh, sorry, I guess let's categorize it. The fourth is you can be a scammer. And I that is a very valid option, especially in the crypto space. You can do a phenomenal job and make millions of dollars operating as a scammer. Just like in the traditional world, you can do that as well. You could go do self-help expos and conferences and get people to pay you for coaching on on this, uh, this, uh, how they're going to become millionaires in the future. So you could do that as well. Uh, Sidebar there, one of my favorite things is I knew knew a guy who um, went to one of those coaches. It's like, I'm going to be your coach on how to become a millionaire. And his coach on how to become a millionaire was that he coached him on how to be a coach to other people. Let's go, baby. <laughs> that, that's what you got to do. That's that, what you got to do. That is the business. That, <laughs> that, that is, is like, whoa, this is, this is wild. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Uh, real quick. Um, yeah, I mean, I just want to point out, too, that I'm looking in the audience on the Twitter show, and I'm seeing individuals that would not normally be listening to this show. So at the end of the day, this is one of the bigger stories in NFTs. It's attracting a wider audience than normal uh, stories would. I know that's obvious. I know everybody knows that. But I'm just pointing out, like this is like a big release in the, the NFT space. It's coming at a really rough rough, rough time in the market, a ve- like a, you know, the trough of the bottom as you Kaleo. Say rough, rough, like a dog m- makes. Yeah, I was role playing. Because of Bodagas. Uh, the, Kaleo called it the trough of the bottom. And I, I agree with him. So look, we'll see how it, how it plays out. Uh, is there anything else we want to add on this? By the way, I do see a lot of people like tripling down. I guess you, it's just hard to win. People are like, Frank hasn't been successful. So I guess you guys are right. Um, and I guess, uh, you know, building one of the biggest projects is not success. Anyway. It's, um, it's, it's the trough of sorrow, P.O. is what <laughs> that is actually called. No, it, it, legitimately, that's what it's called in uh, Paul Graham's uh, sort of startup cycle that he has, which is essentially wearing off of novelty, trough of sorrow. Beautiful. Then you have wiggles of false hope. Then you have the promised land. And then you have acquisition or liquidity, aka the market turns around associated with it. What's weird is that's usually the uh, the path of the startup. Um, but I think inevitably uh, it, it feels like the crypto market also follows that. That is the business cycle of the crypto market every single time. Is that like the 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 price collapses? Everyone's like it's fucking dead, and then like at some point it returns. We just don't know when that's going to be, and it could be still like 24 months away. Yep. Uh, and, and yeah, we just need to uh, make it there. And I'm not sure that like making iterative upgrades is the path that's going to get things there. I just wonder like how is how is D gods or uh, like what's their revenue model? Like how are they going to sustain through? Are they going to go raise more money? Like what what's the path? They had to give the money back to Polygon. They need more cash flow to come in. They raise they they raise money from the BCC mint as well. They raised five million from Bitcoin D gods. Speculation of Utes on Bitcoin as well. There's and like I think that this whatever this points parlor is going to be, they'll have some level of revenue raised from that as well. So I think that they're going to be all right when it comes from like revenue. I think that it's just 
they've now been able to raise revenue in other means. I mean, their IR relevant raised some capital and like they continue to roll those things out. I think they also have a decently sized war chest at this point. It's going to let them continue to innovate and iterate. So I'm not too worried about like that side of things. I think it's right now just waiting to see what exactly rolls out over the next few days. They've mentioned that this is a multi-day thing. So we got a, a little bit of time to see all the things that come down. We don't have a revenue model yet. Um, I don't think that we'll get one is the thing. Um, but I don't think the plan is to go ahead, Nick. Sorry. You're the, the perception of that. Uh, so your, your take is essentially Me? the NFT. Yeah. That the NFT market doesn't have a revenue model and that all businesses in, the, in this space. No, that's, will replicate. That, that's not my, no. That, what? When did I say all that? No. No, when you say we don't have a revenue model, sometimes I, I mean for, for, on for, the NFT for D gods, for D gods, got it. I, I feel like sometimes the perspe- perspective that you have is also that like there's not the revenue model for NFTs right now, but that's going to show up, and 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 that everyone is going to like somehow ubiquitously kind of uh, that the playbook is going to be developed for the NFT space o- over five to fifteen years. Yeah. I'm a little bit skeptical of that, uh, of like how that uh, approach happens. Like I'm trying to f- come up with examples of businesses where the where the uh, business model was not apparent straight out the uh, gate. We just we just had like an entire uh, like startup Silicon Valley cycle where revenue was not the metric and it was growth. Like, lo- like lots of business did not have to make revenue, and it was just this is the idea, this is the product. If the product had even been made, but this was our anticipated growth, obviously wrapped in a beautiful bubble of low interest rate environment, uh, so cheap money could be like cheap cheap money could be raised. But that's that that's been around for a long time, and I think um, right now it, it's for founders to play around and just see well how can we get revenue. I think what Pudgy Penguins is doing with toys is extremely. Uh, it's you know it plays to Lucas' strengths and 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 his background. D gods is coming from multiple different ways, and I think each founder will probably find their path to be able to generate revenue. But there isn't sort of one single ubiquitous, ubiquitous path to making revenue in the NFT space. But I think that's what makes it so fun as the founder as well, just being in the kitchen and cooking on that. Amazon, for example, was losing money during the internet bubble when there were a lot of businesses that are, quote, businesses that existed that uh, were based on solely hype, but they still had revenue that came in associated with that model. A lot of them were losing money on that process, and the whole venture-backed ecosystem is frequently built on this, which is, hey, we're going to just fund uh, cheap customer acquisition, essentially, or just fund expansionary customer acquisition while you end up losing money on a unit basis, but you're still generating revenue typically associated with those businesses. And Amazon's business model, I guess you could argue that it did change in the sense that uh, AWS is their most lucrative business model out of their entire business. So that did show up at a later date. Um, and so you could argue that that came later. I'm trying to think of other you examples, can, though. D- dude, like you just have to keep in mind when technology is new, at first, everybody's like, I just don't see how this is going to be a thing. I just don't see it. Including people like, said that about the internet. But, yeah. what, but, but what I'm saying is the people that were building businesses in, the, in that space at that time, for example, AOL, Prodigy, some of these other businesses, they had revenue and they had profit during that, during that time that was actually coming in because the, because there was a business model 
the distinction was, I don't think that customers are going to interact in this place. Like no one's going to, e-commerce is not going to be a thing was kind of the, I think the bigger picture there. Now e-commerce is still continuing to experience growth. And so, uh, it, and honestly, e-commerce is still is right now kind of the biggest growth sector because, uh, I like mobile phones are no longer that, like that channel. So I just think that like, at least there existed a business model at that point in time. That's the main thing that I, I feel like new technologies show up and there's still a business model. That's the thing that I'm confused about where it's like new technologies come up and there isn't. The, the, I just don't understand that component of it uh, like as much because there's always been some way to monetize it. Yeah, I mean, you just have to look at the dates associated with this stuff like AOL being founded in 1985. Like that's a long time ago. And I guess I'm, I'm looking it up. I guess the official birthday of the internet, they're considering it January 1st, 1983. For the invention of the inter internet, it's so kind it took of two years basically. For AOL to be years. founded. Yeah. And, and they had a model that, that came out. That's the thing that I just don't understand. Like it didn't take them 15 years to figure out the model. In 15 years, AOL was a multi-billion dollar organization that basically continued to grow right. throughout the entire process. Well, I'd love so to I don't have an example of something that like I'd like to see year one and two AOL numbers and like what that looked like. You know what I mean? Like that that's what I'm saying. Like I know AOL was cooking in 1993. I know that. But I don't know what it was doing in 1985 and 1986. I'm not questioning whether there's revenue, but NFT businesses have revenue now. Like there is revenue. It's not yeah. zero. There is, in fact, I think you could argue that NFT businesses have been more successful than previous startups. And I think you're discounting the idea of selling more NFTs because you're like, well, that's not sustainable. And I'm not saying that I disagree with that. But the reality is there is a revenue model right now. I'm not saying that's the final revenue model, but there is revenue. Um, by the way, AOL didn't start as an internet company, but... Uh... We don't need to discuss that anymore. They got there. Uh, regardless, we're at time, ladies and gentlemen. If this is your first time listening, uh, we run the show Monday through Friday. Also available on YouTube. Just about to hit 12.5 million views on YouTube. So uh, 36,000 subscribers. So make sure that you subscribe. Also available on Apple and Spotify podcasts if you want to listen to the show mobily outside of the Twitter bubble. Otherwise, we'll be right here on Twitter Spaces. Again, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern time is when the show starts. No free NFT today. But make sure you have an account at the nifty.com. That's T H E N I F T Y.com. Make an account. It'll get you subscribed to the newsletter. And you do need an account there to engage with Bodagos. Nick, something to add? I just wanted to point out M Miguel, how do you say his last name? Ribeiro. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that's it. But, um, and you're like, if you're Chinese, it's Hebero. That was what you. I didn't uh, say Chinese. Were... I said Br Brazilian. If you're from Brazil. Got it. Okay. So uh, in terms of he w he brought back the historical context in which AOL actually started as a condom company. Are a you being serious or is that a joke? Yeah, they did. That's actually how they used to do it. They started as a condom company and uh, eventually realized, hey, that the internet's going to be big for sex. <laughs> and so they transitioned into that. And that's what happened. That's where chat rooms came from. And that's where that's exactly where chat rooms came from. It was innovated based on that. So Pia, when you think about technology, 
I want I want you to put that in your noggin and stew on it, okay? Well, <laughs> so unexpected words of wisdom from Nick to close out the show. Uh, I'm sure the thousands of listeners across platforms will be very appreciative for those uh, tips right there at the end. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m., we'll be back. We're not going anywhere. Uh, and yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Catch you guys next time. Be back tomorrow. Get down. Get down.